0: Finally, to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davison, and I am the one of my good buddies, Ethan Huffman and Elkin Beltry. Now, uh, we have recorded a pod in the last month. You just might not have heard it because, uh, well, I'm not going to point fingers, but somebody did not edit the podcast uh, that we did about Eastern Conference contenders. So, uh, well, the season's almost over, and... We're just going to get into awards today. Uh, and so, Ethan, would you, would you like to say anything?
1: In Elkin's defense, he, he wasn't happy about the, the takes with the Miami Heat.
2: Thank
0: you. And so he
1: did so he didn't edit the podcast.
0: Thank you,
2: Ethan, for standing up for me. Someone on this pod and, at least stands up for me. And I also
1: was not happy with the Miami Heat takes, so I did not edit the podcast.
0: We did not. So, anyways, we. It's been a while. Is the point. So, uh, today we are going to do um, our best to uh, talk about some of the awards. Uh, We are getting to as many things as we possibly can, except for all defensive teams, because, well, we just don't have time for that. And I know that people will be grumpy when certain people don't make second team all defense, but we're we're just going to avoid all of that, and we're going to get to first off the of the year awards right we're going to save all nba for the end and we're going to try to do our best to go as speedily through the um coach of the year Sixth man most improved rookie of the year defensive player of the year and mvp uh we might run into some some ones that need a little more discussion but let's go ahead and get started with the first one and, and just so you know we um have created a doc to kind of put all of our stuff up there and We've done it in a way that none of us knows who the other's choices are. So we're going to reveal them at the same time. And so if we have, if you hear our reaction, that's what we are reacting to. So we're going to go ahead and start with the uh, the first one. And guys, I got to say, I thought this one was going to be a a clean sweep. And we have all picked different people for coach of the year.
1: Well, let's just take a look at it. Elkin clearly has the right choice here, as he has went with Eric Spolstra, it Just <laughs> makes the most sense. You know, I agree. I should swap it over right now. Richard with Monty Williams, myself with Taylor Jenkins. Guys, really, I think it just comes down to where where we had these teams pegged at the beginning of the year, and like, did they over overextend our expectations, or did they just do a phenomenal job maintaining what the expectation was, and... I can say from my pick, Taylor Jenkins, the fact that this team like just was a machine missing a guy like Dylan Brooks for a lot of the season and then missing John Morant and having a winning record without John Morant, a better record. In fact, without John Morant, I just credit that so much to the, uh, the organization, the Grizzlies are cultivating over there. And I give it to Taylor Jenkins is why I went that way.
0: We're getting to, I didn't think that we'd have to get into this, but it's like the, what, what does, what does each award mean? Because I, I do have a little bit of a, I do get a little grumpy um, when it's uh, when 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 what what I see is it's becoming it's like okay who, who's who's over who's where do I where do I think all the teams are going to be and then let's see who ends up with the higher record than we expect and let's go ahead and allocate that to the coach um, and I, I just I I look at it as the Phoenix Suns are running some of the best stuff in in the whole league. Uh, Monty Williams has put on a clinic and has been doing so with, well, I think what we'll find is every single one of these coaches, because every single one of these teams has dealt with, uh, issues, right? Ha- has dealt with, um, people being in and out of the lineup. And so I could say, oh, well, Chris Paul missed this time. And then, you know, oh, well, John Morant missed all this time. And, uh, it, it, you know, we could, we could throw out and say, well, the Miami Heat have been having all these issues. Every single team has had issues. But in the end, Phoenix is 10 wins better above ab- above everyone. And so for me, I just look at Monty Williams run some of the best stuff. He probably should have won it last year instead of giving it to uh, old grumpy Tibbs because they happen to uh, be sailing on a unsustainable um, set of Julius Randle shooting. And, and so I just want to – Monty Williams, I think – uh, deserves it and to be honest I think I think he's gonna win it
2: that's fair that's fair and uh, I guess I should support my decision I picked Eric Bolstra, who I know uh, Ethan didn't put him down but I know Ethan would agree anytime you see a Miami Heat brother in there but I just saw with his team yeah we weren't expecting his team to be at the bottom I wish we had the over-unders for the beginning of the year but we don't um I think based on what they had with players some players out, some key players out. I think he did pretty good with that roster. I mean, that roster was already playoff caliber. I do remember when we talked about this roster, I do remember in our over-under talk, we did say this might be a roster better built for the playoffs It might not have like amazing regular season success, but in the playoffs, it's gonna be a really, really good team. And this team just kept it going throughout the regular season, even without one of their best players, Markeith Morris, who was gone for so many months. I mean, can you believe it? Ugh, that Jokic, can't stand him. Can't believe him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was just kind of the last part. But, yeah, that's my case for expolstro as much as it hurts me and pains me to say that.
1: Well, I think it really does come down to, like, Monty Williams, you're right. He, he ushered the, the best team in the NBA this season. And with that in mind, like, Coach of the Year is definitely fair for him. And the thing is, what I like about this, though, guys, it's not like we picked, you know, like we could have picked Nick Nurse. Like Nick Nurse was a guy who overachieved for the team for the season, right? Like that would have been more, that would be like a very traditionalist, oh, we expect this team to stink and they're doing well. Or with Boston, Imei Odoka, who turned the team around midseason and finally got everyone on the same page to make things work. Or maybe Jason Tatum just, you know, once he's done, once Christmas has passed, he's good at basketball again. Like, there's all kinds of picks like that that we could, like, you know, find some finesses for. We, we all settled on the top three teams in the NBA for record. So, we're all in the ballpark. I think it just comes down to, like, Monty Williams, obviously, like, I just looked at it with, like, having a guy like Chris Paul makes it a machine. And he still put everyone else in the right positions, and I agree with that 100%. Eric Spolster, like, is valid because that guy and and the Heat staff in general has made Duncan Robinson, er, um, Max Strus, Gabe Vincent omar yurtsevin like all these guys who no one had on draft boards no one had as basketball players into nba starters and spot starters very valid case and then taylor jenkins obviously with the memphis grizzlies team that's way ahead of schedule
0: these are the top three in my opinion i wouldn't go anywhere else other than these three um but anyways we've belabored this too much coach of the year um those are your top three picks and uh We'll see. In the end, I don't see how they don't give it to Monty Williams. It's just, it's just going to happen. I just it's going it's to happen. Um, if it doesn't, then I don't know. I'll come and apologize with the podcast.
1: Right in the street.
0: Yeah, sixth man of the year. We are uh, for the first time uh, all in agreement, uh, except for Ethan, who um, has has. Uh, so yeah, yeah. We uh, Elkin and I picked Tyler, Tyler Hero, and um, Ethan picked Tyler Heru, and so. <laughs> Uh, again we we, we typed <laughs> in the doc we typed it all in um white font on a white background so
2: he must be a of of he must be an undrafted rookie that Ethan's talking about that's it
0: I was going to say like th- this it, it, it just fits the mold of, of what it's been and even even still I don't think it's necessarily even just like I see people um uh trying to go in different directions here and try to be, like, anti-Tyler Hero because they, they don't like what the award has become. And I, I don't disagree there, but Hero has brought a whole lot of much, like, something especially needed for this Miami Heat uh, team, which, like, they're lacking. And, and yeah, he has his defensive uh, issues that, you know, come playoff time, we'll see how, how they are able to um, adapt. But, like, Ethan, you— Go ahead and, and, and speak to like the importance of Tyler Hero for this Miami Heat team in the, in this particular season.
1: Well, Tyler Hero is one of the closers for this team. He's one of the couple guys on this team that can actually go get his shot and you feel like it's a positive that like a positive basketball moment. Jimmy Butler for as good a basketball player as he is, he's relying on free throws. He's reliant on honestly subpar defenders getting switched onto him that he can Physically, like uh, just bowl through. Kyle Lowry's going to be a passer. Bam Adebayo's going to be a passer. He he's worked on that mid-range shot and it's a lot better and it's it's a tool now. But he's still not the guy you're like, hey, go get us the winning bucket. Still a little bit too awkward, baby deer leg kind of thing. Tyre Hero, you give you give him a screen. His ball handling has gotten much better. He's way more secure with the ball and that guy can shoot from almost any angle and make a lot of different shots. Like the guy is a legitimate menace with the ball in his hands and he's just getting better and better at finishing shooting and and finding spots to not like put his head down sometimes he makes that pass he's just he just improved so much this year and he happens to be out coming off the bench all the time but he's he's a starter quality player that's just off the bench it's if you want to get up in arms about that but he's been the best bench player this year no
2: no i mean i mean that makes sense i call it the honorary manager Ginobili role where we all knew manager Ginobili could definitely be a starter, but you bring him off the bench, but he's going to be a closer and watching some of those heat game with him. I mean, I'm copping with him. And for me, he's a guy too, that is some six men of the year. I feel like are just pure scores, but I do like how he's averaging 25 and four for the season. He's giving you like five rebounds every game, sometimes more. I've seen him get a lot of boards and I think those four assists go really well with what the heat system is.
1: Yeah, he's, he's been a complete player this year, and he's, like, pretty efficient. Like, obviously, he takes a lot of threes, shooting 40%, good free-throw shooter. Could probably still get, use some shot selection doctor on some of the mid-ranges he takes. But, as we know, like, that is part of the game. You do need to have that available, uh, maybe just not at the frequency that he
0: does it at. I heard you, within this, um, uh, say... Say the word improved um, on how how improved Tyler Hero is, and which which is bringing us to our next award, uh, most improved player. And, and I just wonder, uh, am I going to see the same name uh, for uh, for Ethan? And, and and no, we do not. We have three different people, and uh, you know, Ethan, we'll go ahead and and start with you because you chose someone that. I had predicted to win the award, but now I do not have this person winning the award. Who do you have?
1: I, I had Jordan pull up here, and I honestly wasn't that convinced of the award. I wish I, I should have looked at the, looked a little further. I want to change mine to Darius Garland.
0: Ah, <sighs> dang. Okay.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to the club.
1: But Jordan Poole, like he has made big improvements. I, I literally just think I watched the Warriors and Spurs last night, and was kind of just watching him do some of his own things. And that—that's like the most recent memory I had of someone in in this kind of role
0: realm. He's been on a tear uh, of of late, but he had some waning moments as the whole Warriors team did. Um, you know, when everyone was going out, all of the essential people were going out with injury, and I think that that was uh, difficult and tough on him. But you guys have Darius Garland. Um. How come Darius Garland?
2: I think, I mean, I think for me, I kind of look at not just, I mean, yeah, we have parts of his game that have improved, but I'm looking at, he's overall, as a player, has improved. Sometimes I think with most improved player, almost like bench player, people focus a lot of like, how big of a scoring hike did this person take, or a scoring jump, but for me, I feel like overall, Darius Garland, I mean, he did drop in like, three point percentage, but everything else. Steadily improved across the board for him and on top of that team success has improved But we know team success was also a result of I mean you're bringing in better pieces to surround him I think the chemistry was better the pieces around him was better um, As much as it pays me to say this because I'm a fan of one Colin Sexton I think Darius Garland getting a lot of run without Colin Sexton next to him in the backcourt I think was definitely beneficial and having that veteran like Ricky Rubio who was with him for a little bit I think that also helped out but overall for me Darius Garland First time All Star is my most improved player.
1: I, I just look at him. He took the. He's the only person on the team that could dribble for most of the season. And with that in mind, like did not have a massive turnover spike. Improved his assist numbers as well. Like the guy just did more and more with having all the attention on him offensively. Because like Colin Saxon for what some of his flaws may be, like was taking a lot of shots. Was you know running the offense to some degree. Um, Darius Garland just got a bigger piece of that, and I think, I think that's like that step from I am the point guard, I run this much of the offense, to going to I run all of the offense and maintain efficiency and and not being more turnover prone. I just I really value that. Like I think that's a harder leap to make than to uh, you know maybe just increase your shot volume in general.
0: So. I get it all. I, I think that he fits. I, I think that he is a... Uh, a of s- v- very much worthy. This award is kind of a weird one because it's merged and in, in gone different places. Like, I've seen... Like, did tears really make sense? I've seen John Morant as a... Uh, as a player that has... Like, he's kind of in the running for some of these all-NBA teams and uh even has gotten mvp uh consideration buzz uh as you know t- top five throughout the year as well and it's like well what what is this award um what does this award mean right and and so it, it begins to i just i begin to i'm just unsure uh exactly where to go with this and so i'm gonna go to the goat uh, death Bain. Um, uh, this, this man is, uh, someone whose role has, uh, skyrocketed and, uh, maybe, maybe that's the role, or m- maybe that's what the award is, you know, added opportunity and becoming, um, you know, still remaining very efficient, uh, in it and also helping your team to drive winning, especially with John Morant, uh, being out. And sometimes he's had to take on more of the, uh, offensive scoring burden and, you know doubling. Uh, you know, points and uh, assists and all that stuff, while still shooting um, a sweet, sweet forty-three and a half percent from three on nearly seven attempts. And so, um, guess what? Desmond Bain's not actually winning this award. Uh, he just, he's just not. But in, in my heart, he is. And so, there we go.
1: The the thing I'll mention about Desmond Bain is the Desmond Bain being unleashed. Like it's just better coaching by Taylor Jenkins slash good. Uh, front office stuff to get Grayson Allen out of the way.
0: Yeah, that that that, that was that was a let, let's take this club out of the tool bag, uh, Taylor Jenkins, and now you're forced to hit this one, right? So,
1: because like I, I look at Desmond Band I'm like, obviously, yeah, his his improvement on the um like. Getting like getting more involved in ball handling and facilitating offense when John Morant was been out, and you know Tyus Jones is is you know kind of also handling parts of that. Like that's that's a big fate, and I thought that was impressive because I didn't necessarily see Desmond being that part of an NBA p- offense. But yeah, like I'm not shocked that he he's still made all his shots because we knew he was an incredible shooter.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's not only taking uh, and again, it's not all catch-and-shoot stuff, like uh, if you go to NBA.com and you go to the um, tracking, like 3.8 of those are uh, catch-and-shoots, and he's shooting 44% uh, from three on those, but then if you go and take a look at the ones that are off the dribble um, or or, or pull-up threes, he's taking three of those per game, and those are 43%, so like he's crushing it uh, in, in either one, and, and that versatility is opening uh, opening things up uh, for him, and so he's, he's done very well with with it within that role and uh that'll be enough of him today uh no he will not show up on my all nba teams um sorry you, you won't see him there all right uh rookie of the year and uh let me just say i know exactly what uh is uh, what's going to happen here and it's we've chosen again the top three again this is where i thought we would start to get more more discussion and and we might um i think for for it's as well as, like, what do we think this award means? Um, because I don't always think that it – like, I think that's where we kind of run into uh, some – I don't know. I think it's where we start, we start to run into, into some issues and things and, and differences. And so we all have Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, and Cade Cunningham. Those are the top three. I don't think we would say anyone else is breaking into that top three. Um, but, uh, Ethan, you got Scotty Barnes. Uh, what's your pitch?
1: Um, played incredible defense all year. When you think about the people that Scotty Barnes guards, it's not limited to or exclusively a wing or a center or a guard. He guards everyone, and he does it very well. That's what makes part. He's part of what makes Toronto still work as a team. Uh, he stayed healthy all the season. I know we like, don't necessarily want to just attribute health as a uh, reason to win Rookie of the Year, but he played a lot of games, and he played very effectively in those games. And in the day, like. I, I, don't, I can't see the flaw of his game other than his shooting. And for what it's worth, like, that even that was a little bit more than I was expecting. So maybe I shouldn't give it credit for being better than I expected. But played in a lot of games, like, was there all season. I think showed a little bit more in isolation and getting to the rim than I expected. I thought he'd just kind of be a, you know, dribble around and pass guy. But, I don't know. Like I, I like all the picks, and as we'll, as we all know, because we've all watched this season, um, I just I just first first thing clicking my head was Scotty Barnes has been a great rookie all year, and that's where I went.
2: Yeah, and then yeah, and then for me with Evan Mobley, I mean, I'll tell you this: like Scotty Barnes was my second pick after Evan Mobley. I was going back and forth between those two guys, and honestly, with Evan Mobley, what he can do as a seven-footer, how nimble he is, I really like what he does around the basket, what he can do on switches defensively. And when he gets the ball offensively, one thing that I see sometimes rookies that I like about some of the top rookies that we all pick is I tend to see with rookies, they don't know what to do when they get the ball and there's a lot of hesitation. But with these guys, as soon as they get the ball, you kind of see them attack or get into what they want to do offensively already. And that's what I really like about them. So that's one. That's pretty much my big reason why I picked up Immobile just because of how his game, how mature his game looks right now and what he's done for the Cavs.
0: And all that is fair. Uh, I think both of these, um, both guys that you've mentioned are deserving. And guess what? I, if, if any of them win, I, you're going to hear no beef from me. Like being a Piston fan, obviously, uh, I, I see and watch Cade uh, more. And the, the knocks on Cade are going to be efficiency. And, you know, you can attribute that to, hey, you know, coming off, coming off the ankle at the beginning of the year. Okay. But guess what? Those games still count um, uh, for this. Uh, you can uh, look at Evan Mobley and 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 have a similar type of thing. You know, he's been out for the last bit 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 of of the season here. And guess what? Those games that are, that are missed still count. Uh, you can also look at the time where hey Jared Allen's been out for a while and the whole Cavs defense suffers. But you would expect that to happen when you bring someone who in reality has been one of the uh, um, Jared Allen's been one of the best defenders in in the league and might have gotten some defensive uh, player of the year buzz for how well he's gone about protecting the rim um, over, over in Cleveland. And, and, you know, one of the things that I, I begin to wonder again with this award is like, is it, is it just a rookie that happens to be, have a, um, who's playing well, who happens to also be on a good team? And is it just the idea that a lot of times rookies come out here and they, they aren't as helpful Uh, to their squad but if they have a good record like it just we don't usually see situations where a team like Toronto um, who's you know uh, a a good team but strategically kind of tanked at the end and then now we're bringing everyone back we're back in Toronto and and now he's part of a system but the burden that he has um, on the offensive end isn't the same as 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 um, a Cunningham for example Cunningham is operating in a phone booth outside of Sadiq Bay and he's still and especially as we're ramping up uh going into he's been playing extremely well with uh c- carrying the offensive burden and he's not playing minus defense he's playing uh good very uh, good defense for a rookie all these guys are playing great defense um for rookies you probably could say Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley have definitely been uh more plus defenders than than Cade has I think Cade's at least been an average defender um this year and and so I, when I look at it, it's more just like, hey, I look at the role, and if if you're looking at this, all of these three guys would, would be the top. They are going to be a first team, the first three people you put on, um, uh, all rookie. And I just, for me, it's 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 still okay. But I understand any argument against.
1: Yeah, your, your argument for Cade is very similar to my argument for Darius Garland in the last bit. Is that guy, it, your guy, is a Cade, is he's responsible for making anything happen for the
0: Pistons that happens. And he's doing pretty good. And and if you were to swap these guys onto different teams, which is not the way that any of this works, but, like, like at the beginning of the season, it was like, oh, Evan Mobley, the Pistons made a mistake in drafting Cade, cutting him over Well, guess what? Evan Mobley on the Pistons was not going to be anywhere near because he doesn't have Darius Gar- Garland setting him up. Like without Darius Garland, Evan Mobley offensively, like defensively, he probably is still doing his thing. But offensively, it's just not there. Right. Um, and so it's it's all the context as well is there. And in the end, I don't care which way you go with it, because all, all these three guys are great. In what a great draft is all I got to say. Defensive player of the year. Got to love it. Got to love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ethan, oh, you've gone, you've gone, um, you've gone home just like I did in the last one. You've gone, you've gone to Bam at a bio, and uh, I don't disagree with you. But this year for defensive player of the year has been a weird one, um, and it's been such a weird one that we've, we've finally, we finally there was there's been Marcus Smart is the uh, actually the betting favorite at the moment, which is uh, really really interesting uh but Here's none of Robert us have him Williams <laughs> well Robert Williams is 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 out and uh I mean I could I could give you the case the problem is I can give you the case for any of these guys and so uh lay out the case for for Bam bio. um
1: if I asked you you have to get one stop and Draymond Green's not eligible because he hasn't played enough games and you had to pick <laughs> oh, some, yeah, had to pick someone from this list of who you'd want to guard anyone randomly ever you'd pick Bam bio
0: here's also the problem though with that um here's here's my here's my one issue with bam all right actually i, I, I got two slight again nitpicks because all these guys that we're going to mention are great defenders um i could run a, a a first action and get bam switched on someone and then go stash him somewhere else where he's not gonna be able to impact the game because he he switches more than nearly anybody that's how it's coach of the year's fault I I, I I i also th- i also think it's a little bit a little bit of of bam like being so willing to switch it's like am i am i switching because i need to or just because that's what I like so the fact that i can get him out there i think it's i, I could get him away and with him switching so much i don't know like i feel like he takes himself out of being able to defend the rim quite as well but there being so many in in a lot of the miami heat lineups There's so many other perimeter defenders that are out there that maybe you're able to stop it a little bit easier. Um, For me, I have – I I went Rudy Gobert, um, which I know no one wants to hear, but uh, the man is – Can I say something about Rudy? Go ahead.
2: So you remember often – not a first-time hater of Rudy, but I'll say this. So someone brought this up, and I was listening to a podcast, and I was like, all right. So what do you expect – Cause people always hate on Rudy, like how can be Defensive Player of the Year if he can't guard this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So someone brought it up, they're like, what is Rudy brought in for? You want him to defend the rim, to set some good picks, kind of control the last, the last layer of defense for your team, and then when you put those all to, put it all together, and ask yourself who in the NBA can do it better than anyone else. I'm like, hot cross buns. Maybe Rudy is as good defensively, and I'll tell you this. I also had a chance. I was like, let me give let me give Richard a chance to in my head. I was like, let me give it a chance because Richard brings up Rudy and looking at it defensively. I think it is unfair to compare him like to a Draymond or a Marcus Smart. I think it is unfair because what he does defensively to me, those two guys can't do that level of defense that he does as far as how he protects the paint compared to them. Like it's on a different level, and I'm beginning to understand more. That's why I'm just like, all right, I maybe I should really back on the hating because he does have bring a lot of defensive value to this team, and you can see it affect a lot of teams when they play against the Jazz. It's
0: it's the it's the most heliocentric um, defense that's out there. Um, we've talked about heliocentric offenses a lot, and and it's just the one. And unfortunately, they've decided to say, "Hey, let's go ahead and go all offense." And Rudy, you got it on defense, and and they've done absolutely done absolutely nothing to try to remedy that that issue. And uh, you can't you can't expect all that from 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 one person. Um, if you were to put any of the players that we have on those teams just on the defensive end of on offense is not a thing. Like you, you'll find Rudy Gobert has not made my uh, all NBA teams um, because there's another side where he's not as impactful. Um, sorry, screen assists. I can't, I can't get there even though it's, it's important. Can't get there. Um, one of the things for, for defense where it's, it's difficult to evaluate defense with numbers like um, like defensive rating is not an individual award. And so you can't go and look at that stuff. But one of the things you can go in and look at numbers for is how, you know, defensive um, uh, field goal percentage at the rim. Like, how well do you deter um, shots at the rim? And that's one of the things Rudy's the best at. He's top three. He's um, defending 51% defensive field goal percentage within six feet uh, at 7.2 attempts. Uh, per per game, the other the only two people who have a higher or a better defensive percentage is Jaron Jackson Jr., although on two entire less attempts, and I think he's also someone who's in the running for this award too, just because Memphis their their defense has been pretty good as well. Um, and Jared Allen is the other one who has the has the best one, but it, it, Evan Mobley's is not too far off either. Uh, at in he defends point 8, two. So again, but just this is the thing where. Um, It's unfortunate for our perimeter defenders like Marcus Smart because perimeter defense and like you can't apply the same thing to three-point percentage because it's so variable, so random. And how can, who is closest to that, like to opposing defenders is, ends up being very scheme um, uh, determined. And without knowing all that stuff, it's too, it's too impossible. There's too much noise. And so this is the really, the only one where you can actually pull together Data and say yes because I, I look at the data I can I can look at I can see this person is doing a good job at their role but unfortunately the only role we have that we can determine that for is rim protection and so I think that's which is a very important part of, of things but I think that that's why things tend to skew toward toward the big men so Rudy, Rudy Gobert is uh, mine as well man if you if you <laughs> you swapped him and Robert Williams man I, I think oh man anyways it, 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 that's not why we're here um you have Giannis Elkin. I like it too. Tell us about it.
2: I think just with Giannis, I think we talk we talk about like what, what guys can do defensively. I think for me Giannis is a versatile defender and I think for for what for me what impresses me more is how good he is at like help side defense. For me definitely what he does is he's able to disrupt a lot of players by being long. And for a guy that long for me he also moves pretty well for his side. I mean, yeah, there's times in which he's Definitely going to get beat like all players. Like, I was watching the, um, I think it was last Sunday, I think the Bucks versus Mavericks game, and he got, he was guarding Luca, and Luca still gave him work, but Luca gives everyone work. Let's be serious. That's just the way it is. But I think for me, Giannis is one of those guys that you're not worried about it. If, let's just say, if they try to pick him and switch him, make him switch, he's good at like trying to get back into the picture, or he's good at like, I'm going to stick on to my guy, like stick to him. Ah, but sometimes, Man, for me, actually, Gobert was not my, my second choice. It was actually – I was leaning towards Bam. I was more – apparently, I was more heat-centered in my picks this time around. But that's who my second pick was. But Giannis right now is my number one. I feel, But I feel like Gobert is going to win it, though. I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like Gobert is going to
0: win it. I don't. I don't. I think that there's too much fatigue. And because he was out for a while and, and their defense has slacked, especially when he hasn't played because the other guys behind him are, are also – Poor defenders, and so I don't. Know. I think I think it will go to Marcus Smart. The case for Marcus Smart is, um it, well, voter fatigue of just maybe big men defenders in general, and everyone who's who's good has missed time. Like Bam has missed time, and uh you know Draymond Green has missed time. Who he was, he was. This was going to be his award if he had stayed healthy the whole year. And with Marcus Smart, one of the things that he does is he allows them to play that switching defense without a guard that can. Uh, um, adequately switch like one through, I don't know, probably four um, at, at a reasonable level. Like him and Drew Holiday are the guys who I can see can, could do that. Um, and the they're one of the top two teams in defense in, in the entire league. And I think that Marcus Smart's specific role and his ability to do so many different things, point of attack, switch, um, uh, you know, whatever you need him to do, he does. And so like, that's why he's the betting favorite. Um, even if I don't know if I can, like, I don't know if I can necessarily go there.
1: I'd I'd rather really give it to Mikael Bridges if we're giving it to like a wing guard defender, but that's just personal preference. But that's fair. Um, I, I don't think you can go wrong with Marcus Smart. I I just haven't. I even think Derek White might be a better defender. No, he's not quite as versatile, but he's. I, I I'm a little over Marcus Smart
0: i don't i mean i i, I get it I, I do think that i'm not
1: gonna give kyle lowry any defensive props for how much he draws charges that's stupid
0: hey did you know blake griffin in how little he's played is still leading the league in in drawn charges according to something that i saw and i hope was accurate that can't <laughs> but, be true.
1: there's too many players on the heat to have that be true I
0: will. i will i will look i'm gonna look this up uh right right now so all right while someone's... you look
1: that up let's roll over to mvp let's uh see how i can highlight and everyone's picked Nikola Jokic which makes a lot of sense Nikola Jokic everyone he has been just phenomenal in his role and also he didn't have anyone to help him and like that's not necessarily the end-all be-all of what makes an MVP is like not having help but it makes it it makes it compelling so Richard looks like he's ready to talk so I'll hand it off to him
0: Blake Griffin has 26 charges drawn, which is tied for first with Kevin Love. Kyle Lowry comes in third um, with 25. So I guess they're still today. Uh, if, if, if the heat play, um, we're recording on a, on a Sunday here. But uh, yeah, Blake Griffin, in how little he's played, that's all he does.
2: That's um, sick.
0: My yeah, goodness. It is sick.
2: I think also, too, because I think the argument that we all know of is the Joel Embiid versus Jokic argument. And I think it's kind of been bothering me the whole thing. Like, well, Look at what Joel Embiid can do, Jokic can't. You put Jokic on the Sixers, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, honestly, if you put Jokic on the Sixers, I probably would expect a better record. I'm going to say this right now. I know it might be blasphemous to some people, but I would think there's a better record. And I know M B came out and said, like, I don't know what else I got to do. They must hate me in the media. But if Jesse he came around at a time where, for me, we have a once-in-a-generation player as Jokic where he's really good. And for me, he definitely deserves MVP.
0: I, I'm a little bit upset that we didn't have different people because again, this is one of those where I think if you go Jokic, I think if you go Embiid, I think if you go Giannis,
1: Giannis is very good.
0: All of those are reasonable MVP picks and you're not going to hear from me. Um, like that's, that's the tier of, of guys that we're talking about. And as much like part of me wants Embiid to get it because it's like he is such a dominant player. And I don't know how many more years he has at this level with his injuries and being able to play this many games. And, uh, and, and so I, I, I don't know. I, you know, the, the, the Drew Hanlon arguments on Twitter, um, that have gone to disparage Jokic at the, uh, you know, to, to try to prop up, uh, his, his guy of, you know, and uh, be like, I don't love, but it's like, you talk about like the, their situations, they both are without their uh, top guys. You now Ben Simmons didn't play at all um, this year for them, and uh, you bring in Harden, and the, in my opinion, like some people thought that that was going to make it harder for Embiid to win. Because oh, look like how hard like Harden's actually made life more difficult for Embiid. Um, and if you were to swap Embiid, Jokic, man, I can't like it would be. <laughs> Imagine Jokic looking for Harden to cut. He's just not moving. <laughs> he's just not. He's just not out there doing anything like that would make Jokic hopes But the point is like all of these guys, you know, I think the, the case for Giannis being maybe a step below these guys is that I think that there've been times where if it was a previous year, if they hadn't already won, uh, he'd be pushing harder for it in the regular season. But uh, I think yeah, we've already won. We know we're, we know we're going to get there and we know we can turn up, you know, we know we can, um, bring it and maybe give us just 10% more effort, um, here or there al- along the way. Like I, uh, I don't know.
1: I, I'm okay. Anyway, you go. Yep. I, I 100% agree. I, the, 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 the deciding factor for me comes in that, you know, Joan Bede has this has a reputation for being a much better defender and definitely has the moments that are much better than what Jokic can give you just physical limitations. But Nikola Jokic is not the, the sieve defensively that, that everyone will kind of classify him as that are, are not watching as many games. Because the guy gets to the right spot and contests without fouling, that's a big deal as well. It's not always about highlight blocking shots. So you can you can get in there, you get a good contest. It's it's still very valuable.
0: I mean, uh, 538's Raptor has him like ranked as like number one defense. It was interesting because Nate Silver put out a Twitter thread yesterday uh, about kind of going into explaining it, and I think it overrates Jokic's defense. Uh, I, probably. I, I do because he's he re- he, like,
1: rebounds, rebounds
0: like it is like it's rebound heavy. Um, and, and yeah, there's, there's, a I think, an added layer of contested rebounds, that which are valuable and are important, that I think should find their way in there. But just rebounds total, like there's so many that are just gimmies, and, you know, it's so like there's that. And then there's also some on-off stuff, which in reality probably help Jokic and Embiid, although it's not going to help Embiid as much because Andre Drummond was the backup for a number of, you know, for, for a good half of the year. A little over half of the year, even, and I mean now with the Andre Jordan there, it's like, oh my goodness, we can't can't miss a minute. um But Jokic has been dealing with that for the whole year too. So it's there's aspects of that that I don't love, but and which I think do overrate it a little bit. But it speaks to hey, you know, Jokic has Jokic is doing a good job within uh his team system. He knows where to be, and. You're right. He's not the civ that he uh, that he maybe once was, or was, or you know has been thought to be. Okay. All NBA. Well, let's try to let's try to get to this, and let's try to do it with some sort of swiftness. Uh, let's start one with
1: one foul swoop. Get it all in black.
0: Uh, all in black. The, the the whole All three teams. All three teams. Okay. We,
1: we need to just know where we all We have everyone.
0: All right. Sounds good. Well, I
1: guess I had caps locks on
0: that's okay you had cap lock hop ex- except for how people Once you get to their we, team we,
1: we know where it happened with scotty barnes i hit the caps lock instead of an a that's where it happened
0: there you go um uh, w- so we got it we are all nba first teams and we wow. just got done saying jokic for jokic for MB, mvp so he's all of our first team um uh center and then we start getting to some uh, some differences and some interest, some interesting distinctions. We all have Giannis as a first team forward, and we all have Devin Booker as a first team guard. But that that is where the simil- that's where the similarities um, end um, as far as pretty first much, team go.
2: Pretty much the other forward spot is the is the one change that I see with us. So I went with, I'm just going to go ahead. I went with LeBron James. I know some people are going to be like, oh, LeBron's team, team success. But no one ever said all NBA team is based on team success. No one ever said any of these awards really are based on team success, but that's what we look at it. Now, I'm thinking of the best 15 players. To me, LeBron was one of the top five best players in this league. That's why I went with him. But at the same time, looking at Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant, I would be more likely to replace LeBron James with Kevin Durant before I do with Jason Tatum. That's just the way I am right now. It's just what I'm leaning towards. But go ahead, you guys can make the cases for your guys.
1: Um, Kevin Durant, best player on his team. I know the team under succeeded, but I don't think there's a better scorer in the league than Kevin Durant. And I, if I had to, live, if, I, I give him a boost for having to play with Kyrie Irving. So that's that's why he's first team.
0: Who who knew the Kyrie Irving boost was a part of? Was it was a part of uh, all NBA awards? I was too. waiting. You, you was guys knew really didn't
1: calculate. I was waiting it. for
0: it. <laughs> so so hold on a second. So so like what, we're, what I'm Cur- hearing is that Seth uh,
1: Curry's pretty close to third team just from getting traded to the, the Nets.
0: So well, did, did Tatum get this boost in pre- You know back back when Kyrie Irving was on was on the. Um, uh, it's on Boston. I I just I want to no, know when this award missed, has occurred
1: it, because you know he wasn't quite as bad back then. Like it was it was like it's just like DraftKings. Kings. Uh, you know they, you get boost depending on how many legs you do to your parlay. You know, Kyrie Irving had so many legs of annoyance this season that Kevin Durant was like at a thirty five percent boost. Like how he couldn't miss first team. He really couldn't
0: this year. Okay, so for me, um, th- where I've gone here with uh. Jason Tatum is a similar place to where I've gone with Devin Booker, with who we all have. So this man has, uh, done, you know, been the best player on his team. Um, I don't think we can really squabble about that. Jason Tatum has been the best player on the Boston Celtics. And uh, he has also played 20 more games than than either LeBron James or, or uh, Kevin Durant. And for me, games played like... Uh, I think that that does matter and I do think that being successful uh is a thing that I, I want to um like have you helped contribute to your team success and there's no doubt that without Kevin Durant without LeBron James those teams are are off like the Lakers are a travesty but at the same time like it's like LeBron James uh and Kevin Durant played Kevin Durant played less games than LeBron James even and we, we kind of know how all, all of that's gone. I, I just, for me, I look at it and both of those guys, Kevin Durant and LeBron James are on my uh, teams, but I don't think I can give it to them. And the way that uh, Boston has, has, uh, you know, come, come back and, and been very, very, very good. I just think I've got to give Jason Tatum that, that first, that first team award. So play more games, LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Yeah, sure. I, I, I understand. I understand some of this COVID really, but like, I get that, like, that, that 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 has impacted Kevin Durant more this year than Part LeBron the James Kyrie
1: has. legs. <sighs> yeah. <Got that. sighs> the backs are spreading COVID around. I, I, uh, Being a little facetious, but. I think no, so. It's, I, I, it's a fair yeah. number. Yeah. I get it. So. um, The only other distinction to make in the things is I just had Luka Doncic as a forward and I had him second team forward. Maybe I'd put him up there as first team forward instead of Kevin Durant, slide him down with the hangout with Jason Tatum after some of this convincing. But I wanted to put John Morant up there because I like John Morant more than um, anyone else on this list for guards.
0: Again, games played ends up being a little bit of a thing with like for like he's been very, very, very good. And I I don't mind it. And if I had Luka Doncic as a... um forward I probably go in the same direction as you um, because the only other person who in my mind is like the only other people who are really challenging that are Steph Curry and Chris Paul and they've played like you know we're, we're dealing with, with 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 similar games you know we have missed games um you going with Luca as a forward then opens up an extra spot for you like we we both have Luca uh, as, as our as our first team guards, right? So that 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 rounds up the first team. But what that does is it opens up uh and forces you to go a little bit deeper with your guards um for third team, whereas uh Alkin and I kinda had to come up with another forward, right? And for us, it looks like we had Pascal Siakam uh making that third team forward spot. Um and you went with zach zach levine as as the guard spot so i get it i think it's all fine although i don't think i would have gone levine if i were like for me the first person the first guard off of my list was donovan mitchell and uh, uh i don't know that, that that's just the way like what was the first forward off of your list pascal like i'm just i'm curious like or to do you be honest think, i be don't know if
1: go? i got i don't know if i got that far it, it probably would be like, I just, like, I, I would literally just going through my list. And I, I really did have a hard time choosing between Donovan Mitchell and, and Zach Levine. That was a tough decision for me. Like, I definitely wasn't, like, settled on a specific player. Um, but when we're talking about forwards, yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, obviously, Pascal is very high up on that list. I'm just, like, kind of scanning teams to see if there's anyone else. Because, like, no one else really had, sus- like, a sustained successful season. Like, you know. Miles Bridges had a really hot month and was incredible, but he stunk a lot the rest of the year. And, like, you know, there's no one good for. Like, maybe Jalen Brown would be in some consideration, but is he kind of still on that guard line? I don't know. Jalen Brown, Brandon Brandon Ingram, maybe. Jimmy Butler had a good season, but. Jimmy Butler, yeah. Like, so maybe I'd probably just go Homer and go Jimmy Butler over Pascal Siakam since, um, you know, I'm a Homer, but. That's only that's only other people I can think of: Jalen Brown and Jimmy Butler. Um, Brand, Brandon Jones. Ingram,
0: so, no. I mean...
1: Brandon, um, man, Brandon Ingram did have a decent season.
0: Yeah, About, like, but I get it. I get it. It's like
1: I'm I'm not sold on it. Maybe Herb Jones instead.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love Herb.
1: Yeah, Brandon Ingram shooting. I know. I know this can be used against me for Jimmy as well. Brandon Ingram shooting thirty three percent from three, as a guy who's supposed to be good at shooting. I can't. I can't get down with that.
0: It would appear as though I mean we for for our guards other than like again that Luca designation has shifted things around, but the other guards we have are um, uh, we we have John Morant, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, and Trey Young. That that tends to be the other guys, and I think we all have those guys on our team, um, and so there's not really a disagreement there. The the disagreements uh, I think come with where we've, uh, stated our forwards to be and where we have our third team center. Um, uh, so you've, uh, Ethan, you've put Jason Tatum second team, right? And I think that's fine. You know, that, 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 that makes, that makes sense here. And, uh, same thing for you Elkin, you have Tatum second team. I had him first team and, uh, I have Kevin Durant, um, on, on my second team, just like, just like Elkin does. And, uh, but then it becomes like, okay, DeMar DeRozan and LeBron James. Those are our other forwards. And where do we have the, where do we put that? Um, I have DeMar DeRozan on my uh, second team. And that is higher than either of you guys have both on third team. Uh, I got LeBron on my third team. Ethan, you have him third team as well. But obviously, Elkin, we've we've talked about where you have him. So uh, Ethan, you've got LeBron on, on, on third team here. How come? What has like? Why have you put him? What's forced you to put him down this, this low?
1: Um, his team stinks, and this is the first time that I've ever had to th- think about it. A LeBron team not getting better because LeBron's on the court. Like obviously they were better, but like the team itself, no one played better because of playing with LeBron. Maybe Malik Monk got a little boost. Austin Reeves played better because of with LeBron, but like the team itself did not perform any better because of LeBron James. And maybe that's more of a ne- negative on Russell Westbrook, which we don't need to b- bemoan. But I just didn't see a guy who made his teammates better this year, partially because of fit, partially because of care, partially because of health. And when it comes down to it, and I had Luka and Jason above him, I had y- Giannis and Durant above him, and I had DeMar above him. I might have to put Le- LeBron in first, but I had DeMar above him. DeMar made his teammates better the entire season and had a phenomenal year like you know I obviously love, like DeMar DeRozan like like more than like the consensus people the last few years cuz I'm not someone who just hates on the mid range I just you know think it needs to be selective demar would be above lebron for me on this list but you can't take the guy who scored 30 points per game off the all NBA team cuz he still did he still is incredible he just didn't do enough for his teammates
0: did, didn't qualify but didn't get enough games played for for the scoring title uh although, although I'm sure that you'll see him post something about him winning the scoring title even though that, that didn't happen um yeah I was gonna, I was gonna ask you did you have DeMar like if you had placed Luca as a guard would, would you who would you have bumped up to that next team DeMar or LeBron you say DeMar um all right uh so okay we already have your LeBron James first team and I get it and you know he still is is what it is and it's the, the stench of um everything else uh around on on, on that team. Uh I'm going for me uh, uh Ethan, I got you know, I got tomorrow in second. I just think what he did and how he carried uh Chicago was um was was amazing throughout the year and their woes and their issues of late have been more of the uh everybody else is now getting injured. And while you could say, Oh well you could say the same thing of um, you know, the Lakers, yeah, but, but Chicago was, was up at the top of the conference playing, you know, w- winning games before everyone decided to go through and get injured where the Lakers were like a 500 team. So that that's, that's where I go ahead and, and, and leave that. Um, should we get to our last disagreement? Yes. And uh, this disagreement uh, is third team center. Ethan, you've gone Bam at a bio, which I get. You've got to as your pets player of the year, and you're you're, you're placing him there. Um, we both have uh, Elkin and I have Carl Anthony Towns, um, and I will just say for my own uh, thing, I am saddened that I don't have more Miami Heat people or things in a lot of my awards. Uh, although I have all of I have the, a lot of them pretty close. Like Bam would be my next center here. Like he would be like fourth for me um and and so i i don't it's not like i i don't like bam or uh i you know i i just only tyler here is the only heat to win an award uh player uh win, win an award for from me but I, I mean i think it's just offense defense uh uh you know kind of discussion and um Games played, maybe. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it definitely comes down to offense, defense. It really does. Because obviously Carlton Towns has gotten a lot better at defense this last year. Um, Still is not the, um, not the, a guy that's locking down that back line. But I will, I will say that he has, I think, between the coaching of Chris Finch and maybe some of the surrounding talent, they've at least identified what they want him to do on a regular basis. And I think he's executing on the plan, just isn't particularly good at it. Um, The thing I wanted to kind of look at specifically to like get one more like a little piece into this is looking at um, like our true, true shooting percentages, because obviously he takes a way more difficult shots than BAM on a regular basis, takes more threes. It's important to see how that changes. And he's at, uh, BAM is at 60% true shooting currently towns at 64, which is just such a good number. Oddly enough, because partial. Defensive wind shares, Bam is not that much more impressive than Carl. I don't really know what all goes into that, but it's it's there. Uh, I
0: mean, Jared Jared Vanderbilt goes into that. That's I get. It. I would not do any sort of I would outside of just rim protection first for centers. Like there's not really going to be you're just not going to find as much uh, at least to our that are that's available to us um as far as and statistics like that.
1: And say Bam Bam gets you know more more steals more blo- not, not doesn't get more blocks. Has less turnovers.
0: More switches. More, more switches.
1: Way more switches. Versatility. You could put Bam in any defensive system, and he's going to be successful. Um, I i think it just came down to the, the fact that, like, all right, if no one else – like, the Heat are so dependent on Bam, and he, he didn't – he's missed, missed some games this year, but – and Carlton Towns has him on the durability factor for the year. He's just – I thought the Heat needed some representation on All-NBA. This is the slot that made sense. Car- I typed Carl Anthony Towns in first, and I said, I don't have any heat- heatles. I got to put a heatle on. But So I agree that Carl Anthony Towns is my next choice. I just – I got defensive player of the year all over here. Carl Anthony Towns isn't the offensive player of the year. They don't make that – that's not even an award. They don't care about offense.
0: Okay. Uh, you've got Carl Anthony Towns. Um...
2: I think – I mean, I think to me when it came down to it, just – Overall, as far as the production that they have, I think for this one, I felt like, oh, man, because I can't say skill-wise or talent-wise. It was really close for me. I think right now, though, where their games are at, I value what Carl Anthony Towns brings more than Bama to Bayou. That's just what it came down to.
0: In a regular season, I will, I might, might agree with you. I, I think... One thing that's tough with Carl Anthony Towns is the fact that, like, he requires you to play Jared Vanderbilt in order to have, uh, like, defensive success, um, which Jared Vanderbilt brings very little on the offensive end. Uh, and, but then you're able to make up for that because Carl Anthony Towns is just so good offensively. Um, so it's, it, it's a, you know, back and forth thing. And I think for me, it's just, hey, Play twenty more games, and if it's a coin flip, that's that's gonna maybe push it over the top for me. So,
1: yeah, it's, it really is. A, Bam, see, Bam doesn't really keep you from playing anyone else offensively, because obviously he plays with Jimmy Butler, who <laughs> doesn't bring a lot on the offensive end. Um, in in a in a non like you know traditional '90s isolation style. Um, whereas defensively, he allows you to play. Duncan Robinson, Max Truce, Tyler Hero. So it's, there's nothing he takes off the table. He only adds. It's beautiful.
0: Well, guys, we've made it through. Um, and we've done so under an hour. This is impressive. I was, I was, uh, I was not confident we'd be able to do this, uh, especially once we started to get into some del- deliberations on the first three awards. <laughs> uh, um, but I, I love the not groupthink. And I think that, again, there's a lot of people who can win awards uh, this year.
1: I had a moment of distraction did we actually clarify who all our people were like we did we mentioned Trey young made the team we mentioned chris Paul made the team we didn't just say yeah we had the same people and move on right
0: no i I mentioned their names as like as guards so their names were mentioned yeah um and so uh I mean I don't know if we need to like go in and physically state it like people who have listened to this might not know that hey uh Elkin has John Ray at second team but I think that we all have I think we've talked about it enough that. Uh, I, I think we're good. The uh, by, by the time we pod next, um, the NBA playoffs will have already been underway. Uh, the play-in happening this week from April 12 to April uh, 15. Um, uh, we'll see where the Brooklyn Nets, uh, that'll probably be the biggest moment of intrigue. where they face off. Uh, are they playing against the... The one seed, Miami Heat, are they playing against the two seed? Are they playing at all? Like, what happens? Who knows? My um, I, I, I guess is that they will. Uh, but the playoffs start on April 16. And, uh, uh, fellas, I'm excited. I'm ready for this time of the year. And <sighs> wonderful, wonderful to be, to be back.
1: Oh yes, we are happy to see a full crowd, full-fledged enthusiasm NBA playoffs.
2: I must admit though, I am ready for the lottery.